Praise God. Well, today I want to start a series, okay? It's a new series, and uh, I'm kind of excited about it. And, and so here's what, I, here's what I believe about this series. I believe that many of you that are Christians already, you know Jesus already, I believe that this series is going to challenge you like no other series or no other scripture or no other um, maybe even teaching that I've taught, right? That's what I hope. That's what my prayer is. And I hope and my prayer is that those of you that have yet to give your life to Jesus, that you will be able to, to you know, experience the Holy Spirit working in your life and drawing you to him, but also be challenged to know what the price is for following Jesus. Because there's a price. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and to set this up, I want to I want to show you all something that I've learned about the cattle, uh, the cattle business and the feedlot business. And uh, and I, I didn't raise I wasn't raised in the cattle business, but I'm learning a whole lot. And I and I know that everybody that it's in the cattle business, they're always looking for something um, to help them make more money. And so I'm going to show you something that for many of you is, uh, you know, what you learned as a 13 year old from your dad. Uh, but um, I, I'm going to teach you something today. Okay, you ready? It's called in the in the cattle business. It's called a feed, and I and I know there's probably different ways to um, explain this. I don't I don't know how to spell, so forgive me if I spell it wrong. Um, ratio. Okay, you with me? Feed conversion ratio. How many of you guys have ever uh, heard that that word or that, that phrase or whatever? Okay, you ready? All right, so some of you guys are going to know this better than I do, but I want to show you something that I've learned. If you have a feed conversion ratio, it means that you want to convert pound, you want to convert pounds of feed into gain. Okay, so let me give you let me give you an example. If you have a seven to one ratio, what does that mean? Yeah, see, I got the baby excited. Some of you guys. But so, okay, so if you have a seven to one ratio, that means that you have seven pounds of feed equaling one pound of gain, right? You with me so far? Seven pounds of feed, if I put seven pounds of feed in a steer, then it will hopefully gain one pound. Now, I don't know if that makes sense to you. It's kind of weird to me that I can feed that calf or that steer seven pounds and he's only going to gain one pound. But that's just the way it works, right? Now, in the perfect world, then you would love to see this ratio right here, maybe. Anybody? 11 to 2? Never. How many of you guys have ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that? Nobody's ever seen that? Dwight, never seen it? No, you guys have ever seen it? My buddy Jason, have you ever seen it, Wes? Five and a half to one, okay? So, but it, I, I text my buddy Jason down at East Texas, and his, his, <laughs> he says that he can get 11 to two in a ratio. That means he's going to put 11 pounds, and he's going to gain two pounds. I mean, that's pretty, that, uh, as far as I know, that's pretty good. Now, you say, well, okay, what's the point? Well, here's the other side of what you may not know. Let's take the seven pounds, and let's times that by 12 cents a pound, so the feed costs you 12 cents a pound. Seven times 12 equals what? Anybody know off the top of your head? See, you guys are awesome. I had to do this ahead of time because there's no way I could do this in my head. And so you got 84 cents that you, that's your cost of gain, right? That's what's it, what it's costing you to, put, to pay for seven pounds of feed. But here's the other thing. The one... You can times it, let's say, in a four-weight, when I mean a four-weight, when a calf that weighs 400 pounds, you can times that by 
and 25 cents a pound. Okay? So here's what I want you to get. You've got, you've got, and I'll go over here. You got 84 cents invested in this feed conversion ratio. You got 84 cents, but that one pound of gain is worth $2.25. So you're, I don't want to call it profit yet because you still got to factor in a bunch of other stuff, right? But I would say the value of that cost is $1.41. Are you, are you with me so far? So the gain is always worth more than the cost in a perfect world. (laughs) Some of you guys are looking at me like, no, it's not, Bo. I've lost money in this deal. But the truth is, in a perfect world, the gain is always worth more or always more valuable than the cost. You with me? Now, that's to set up because here's where I'm going with this. Today, I want to start a series called God's Conversion Ratio. God's Conversion Ratio. And you say, well, what's the point? What's the point of this series? Well, here's what I believe. Just like that feed conversion ratio, you have a cost per pound of feed. Here's number one. In God's Conversion Ratio, number one, there's a cost to following Jesus. Uh, and, and again, some of you guys are like, dang, I don't know if I want to know this because I don't know if I can pay the cost. But there is a cost to following Jesus. And you say, okay, what does it cost to follow Jesus? Well, can I give you a couple things? And there's, there's two things, and it pretty much covers everything. Number one, it costs your heart. If you want to follow Jesus, then it's going to cost you your heart. Now, I know something about my kids because my kids are young. And here's what I've learned. You, even for myself, when you're born, guess what? You're born with a heart that is bent toward who? Yourself. <laughs> I don't have to teach my kids to say, it's mine. It's mine. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Do I? I've never had to teach my, I don't know where they get it at, but I, I actually do know where they get it because they're, they're born that way, right? I mean, it's all about me. It's about what can bring me pleasure. But anyways, I, I have a child. I have a child who looks at everything as, as what can I get? Now, I have another child that looks at everything and says, what can I give away? I mean, in him, it's more, he, he's more generous, right? And then I have another child who just goes with the flow and, you know, just wants to have fun. <laughs> and he doesn't care who gets it as long as we all kind of get, to get, get together and have fun, right? But here's the thing. I never had to teach my child or my children, and they're all selfish in, in some respects, but, but I've never had to teach them that it's about them. They're bent that way, right? I mean, their heart is bent toward, hey, I want to get something out of this. If I'm going to be, you know, in the back seat, I want the earphones or I want the iPod. You know what I'm saying? I just never had to teach my kids that. Um, my, my wife, she got a new car, by the way. And, and, and so we traded in the Jeep and, and we're trying to downsize or trying to get out of debt. Anybody? Anybody trying to get out of debt? That'd be an awesome thing. Um, so we're working toward that. But I, I asked my wife, she sent me a picture of the kids and she only had two kids because my daughter stayed in the city um, this past weekend. And she had two kids with two earphones on because they have a, it has a DVD player in it, right? And, uh, and I said, where's the third earphone set? And she goes, well, it's coming. It's coming. You know why? Because we have three kids and I can just hear it now. I didn't get a headset. I didn't get an earphone. Where's my earphone? Why are they getting to watch? Again, it's all about them. Here's the truth. 
I believe it's the same with us. Where our hearts are bent toward, you know, what can I get out of it? Is this... Is this going to please me? Whatever, you know, my heart desires is what I want and what I'm going to get, right? I mean, that's the way we're bent. But here's the thing. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, it's going to cost you your heart. It's going to cost you your heart. Look at Romans 10. I always say this verse. Some of you guys maybe have heard it all, you know, the time you've been here. But Romans 10, 9 through 13, or actually it's just 9 and uh, 10. But listen to what it says. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your what? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is, it is by believing in your Heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now listen, some of you guys are like, well, I I don't I I mean, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, when you give him your heart, he's not saying give me an hour on Sunday, right? He doesn't say, hey, give me an hour Sunday and you'll be good. Yeah, then you'll then you'll, you know, be saved. He doesn't say, you know, um, you know, read your Bible, even though that's good, too. Even though going to church is good, too. He doesn't say tithe. Right? He says, give me your heart. Verse 9, he says, believe in your heart. And then verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And so here's the truth. It's all about your heart. I mean, again, some people go, well, I just, I'll just start coming to church and then everything will be cool. Then I'll be right with God. Then he'll be pleased with me and then maybe he'll let me in. Now listen. It's all about your heart. For some of you here today, and some people are listening online, um, you've never known what it meant to, to give Jesus your heart. And, and again, so we love to explain that here at, at Thousand Hills you know, Ranch Church. The other side of it is many of you know the right words. You know you, you, you've done the church thing, but you're more about being religious, I go to church because, you know, it's good for my business. Because people that go to church tend to be trusted more. And you say, well, that's not true. Yeah, it is. Some people. Some people, that's the way it works. They, go, they want to be able to say, I go to church here so that everybody goes, oh, great. He's a good guy. <laughs> and, and again, <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, some people are more about being religious. But what you need to know is this. It's all about a relationship. It's all about a relationship. You can come to church all your life and still go to hell. It's just the truth. But if you will give him your heart, and you can begin a personal relationship with Jesus. And it's going to cost you your heart. And you say, okay, how do I give my heart to him? Well, Romans 10, 9, it says it just like we read it. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's what we always say. We say, confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and you will be saved. We call it the prayer of salvation. I mean, every time we have a closing time and an invitation time, right? We have a opportunity, not every time, but majority of the time we have an opportunity for people to pray a prayer of salvation to where they can confess Jesus as their Lord and they can believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead and then the Holy Spirit comes into their lives and they're saved for eternity. I don't know if you catch that, but that is something that I can't even wrap my mind around. And you say, do I have to have the right words? Do I have to say the right thing? No, he judges your heart. Again, he says, confess me as Lord. And so you need to confess him as your Lord. And that means you just say, hey, Lord, or Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. 
But then you got to believe it. It's not just about lip service. It's about believing in your heart. And, and, and in a moment, you're gonna, if some of you guys are here today, maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You're going to have a, an opportunity to do that. So number one, if you're going to follow Christ, it's going to cost you your heart. Now, you say, well, what else is it going to cost me? Ready? Number two is this, and I want you to brace yourself because this is big. Ready? Number two, following Jesus is going to cost you everything. <laughs> There's no clapping. I, know, I, I didn't expect any clapping on that, but it's going to cost you everything. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Look at it with me. Jesus is talking here, and, he, and, he, and it says this. A large crowd was following Jesus, and he turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, and you say, what's a disciple? A disciple is just a follower of Jesus, right? There's nothing fancy about it. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you must hate everyone else by comparison. That's strong, right? You want, he says, you need to hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters. Yes, even your own what? Even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Here's what else he says. He says, and if you do not carry your own what? Cross. Let's say it together. If you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But, but don't begin until you count the what? Count the cost, right? For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone's going to what? <laughs> Laugh at you. I don't want to be laughed at, do you? They're going to laugh at you because you can't pay for it. Then he says this. They would say there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford it to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether the army of ten, his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't? He will send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up what? Everything you own. Now, some of you guys are like, okay, man, I, I, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what you mean. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. But here's what I, here's what I love about Jesus. I, I, and I don't know if you're like me or not, but I, and you guys probably know me. Here's what I've learned. I, you, may, you may not be like me, but if someone's trying to convince me of buying something, if they're trying to convince me to do something, here's what, here's what I want. Tell me the bottom line. Tell me what it's going to cost, right? I always tell people when they're talk, talking money, and we're dealing with a lot of people that are talking money now because we're working on your you know, future barn, and we're dealing with these people. They want to come, and they want to give this sales pitch, and they want to say why you know, we could do your plumbing and all this other stuff. And here's what I say. I don't hear a word you're saying until you tell me an amount. <laughs> Anybody like that? Yeah. It's like, okay, you're going to get this, 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 and this. Just tell me an amount. Just tell me what it's going to cost me. Now, here's what, that, what I love about Jesus. He doesn't just, he, he, he lays it out on the line. He says, what, what is it, what's it going to cost you to follow me? It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. And you say, does that mean I got to leave my wife? Does that mean I got to leave my husband? Does that mean I got to leave my children? No, listen. What it's saying is, in comparison, 
to your love for your family, your, your love for Jesus ought to be more. Does this make sense? I mean, everything I have, all the you know, kids and my wife and everything, they, they, I love them. But Jesus says, if you want to follow me, here's what's going to cost you. I'm going to ask for everything. I want, I want your love for me to be stronger than any other love than, that you have, even your love for yourself. I mean, we all love ourselves. Again, we're all born that way. Our heart is bent toward what can I get out of it? Here's what else he says. He says in verse 27 and 28, he says, And if you do not what? Carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the what? The cost. You say, okay, Bo, what does it mean to carry our own cross? Well, obviously we're not going to be able to, to we're probably not going to be crucified like Jesus, right? It's probably not going to happen. Um, but here, here's the thing. You say, well, what does it mean? Well, like in the day when Jesus was, was crucified on the cross, it meant death. Right? You look at a cross and it meant death. I mean, nowadays Jesus would probably be like, could you take that cross off your neck? Doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> I'm just not there. I just don't want to see that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he probably would. I don't know. That's just me. I probably, if I died some way, like electric chair, don't, please don't hang an electric chair on your neck. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's just my, my mind. But, but just like it meant death in their day, here's what it means for us. You ready? To carry your own cross means in the same way we are called to put to death our plans and our desires and commit our lives to Jesus. Again, no clapping on that one, but that's just the hard truth, right? I mean, Jesus didn't say, hey, all you got to do is believe in me. And we're good. I mean, to, to get saved, sure. But, but to live for him, he says, he says I, I, don't, I don't want you just to believe that I exist. I don't want you to just to believe that you can be saved. But he, he has called us to commit our lives to him. And, and again, for some of you are like, holy crap, Bo. I'm not sure I want to do that. And can I just tell you, I'm not sure I want to do that either. I mean, some of you are like, well, you know, I'm not sure I can do that. I, I, I think the same thing. But here's the truth. It's good to count the cost. I mean, some people are like, just give me Jesus, man. I want my fire insurance so I don't go to hell. Right? I mean, just keep me out of hell. That's all I want. No, listen, it's more than that. If you give your life to Jesus, you're, the result should be you ought to live for him. That's what the results should be. And, and so, again, so here's, here's what else. I, you know, you say, well, Bo, the cost is too great. I don't know if I can do that. I'm telling you, it's, it's a great cost. I can guarantee it's going to cost you some things. But here's what else I'll tell you. And here's what else I can, I, can, I can guarantee you. There is a greater cost for not following him. Thank you. <laughs> but, but I'm just telling you. There is a greater cost for not following him. When you compare, hey, if I just give my life to him, I get all his things that he's promised me compared to if I choose not to follow him and count the cost and I choose not to live for him, then I get all these other horrible things. And I get to spend an eternity rotting in hell. I mean, again, some people are like, oh, it's going to cost me way too much. I'm telling you, the cost for not following him is greater. 
It's just greater. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you. The truth is, one day, we are all going to die. And the cost for those who do not follow Jesus and commit their hearts to Him, they're going to face a, a horribly greater cost. It's just the way it is. The bottom line is this. Following Christ, it will cost us something. But here's the other side of it. And this is the better side. I, I, I love this side. Just like the feed conversion ratio, the, the, you know, where the gain is more valuable than the cost of the feed, guess what? Number two is this. In God's conversion ratio, the gain is always more valuable than the cost. I mean, again, some of you guys need to look at the cost and you go, okay, what's he asking for? He's asking for my heart. He's asking for everything else in my life. But here's what you need to focus in on. The gain is always more valuable than the cost. (laughs) I'm just telling you, that's what gets me excited. That's why I want to preach this, because I want you guys to catch the gain. It's going to gain you more. I mean, the cost of your heart, you're going to gain salvation. You're going to gain eternal life. I mean, look at Romans 10, 9-13. Again, it says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Right? I mean, for it is believing in your heart that you are what? What is the words there? Made right with God. You say, what's the gain of giving in my heart? You're going to be made right with God. Some of you guys long for that. Some of you guys, you've, you've sinned, you know, like all of us. And you don't know, I mean, you, you want release from that. Can I just tell you, you can find release when you count the cost and you give your life to Jesus. He brings the release. You're made right with God. Your sin is not held against you anymore. He can forgive it. And it is by confessing, look at it, it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will what? Never be disgraced. You say, oh, what's that mean? Well, um, you know, are you going to be persecuted? Yeah, I mean, it's not saying that you won't be persecuted. It's not saying that people won't make fun of you. But at the end of the day, you're going to receive the grace that God has in store for you. And you're going to get to enter into heaven. You'll never be disgraced by God. But. Again, it's, it's, worth the, I mean, it's worth the cost. Jews and Gentiles, look at it. In the same respect, they have the same Lord who gives what? Generously to all who call on Him. For who? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so you say, okay, Bo, the cost is my heart. The cost is everything that I have. What's the gain of giving Him my heart? The gain is eternal life. I mean, Jesus, he counted the cost and he went to the cross. He said, I'm going to pay the price, the ultimate price. I'm going to live my life and then I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pay the cost so that you can have eternal life. I mean, again, I don't know about you, but that's a great thing. I mean, as the scripture says, you're going to be able to experience salvation. You're going to be made right with God. You're never going to be disgraced. Now, again, I want to pause right here because for many of you, you're like, you've noticed that, that, you know, Bo, you always preach this idea of, of, you know, getting saved and and it it gets kind of repetitive. And and again, I'm just speaking maybe honestly here. Some of you guys are like, man, do you always have to explain that? Maybe you've never done it, but in my mind, I'm thinking a lot of people are like, why does he spend so much time on that? 
Why does he tell, tell people so, so many times about the grace of God? Can I just, can I just encourage you to do something? <clears throat> because, because I'm a Christian, I've been a Christian for a long time. If you ever get numb to the salvation of Jesus Christ, there's something wrong. And some of you, I'm just going to be honest, some of you are numb to the, the gift of salvation in Jesus because you've never thought about it and you've never, you know, you never worried or you've never been concerned about anybody else going to heaven. Here's the other side of it. If you would just invite somebody, like I said before, that needs Jesus and their eternity's resting on whether they know Jesus, then you would get excited. Because then your buddy who you've known for 40 years has walked in. Then guess what you're going to want me to preach? Jesus died for you, buddy. And he wants to know you personally. And he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. That's what you would want me to preach if you'd invite somebody. (laughs) Not 10 ways to be a better Christian. Right? And that's what I want. And so you say, why do you do it, Bo? Why do you, why do you preach so much on the grace of God and, and accepting Jesus? Here's why. Because I've invited somebody today that I want to show up that doesn't know Jesus. You know what? It means more to me that they know Jesus than for us to get our butts patted and say, good job. You're a good Christian. <laughs> good game. Remember that? When you could do that and it wasn't wrong? You could, pat, you could pat your buddy on the butt and it was like, good game. I'm more worried about getting people in the game than, than stroking our own egos. Are you just with me? I don't mean that bad. I mean that good. I don't mean that you know, to, to kind of kick you in the teeth, but I mean that to, to motivate you, to bring somebody, to invite somebody so that they can gain the life that you have, the eternal life that you have. I mean, you got to really hate somebody not to invite them to know Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. You say, well, okay, Bo, you gain eternal life. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. But here's what else you gain, and I'm done. You ready? Here's what else you gain. You don't gain just eternal life. You gain abundant life on earth. I mean, you look around, and you've probably got 17 shirts in your closet, or maybe, girls, you got like 37 you got, you got a truck that you drove here. You got a home that you get to go home to and you get to turn the air conditioning on when it gets hot. You say, I don't have an abundant life. I'm not, I don't have a lot of things. Yes, you do. You have a lot of things. We have a lot of things. I mean, you, you have, I mean, again, you have all those things. You got food. Some of you guys, you, every one of you guys are going to go home and eat more food than a lot of people have for a year. I'm just telling you, you're going to throw away more food this year than a lot of people could eat in, you know, five years. I, 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 you, are you with me? You say, I don't have an abundant life. Yes, you do. You got money in your pocket. I mean, most of us could pull out our wallets and at least pull out a $5 bill. Others could pull out hundreds, right? I only carry big bills because I roll like that. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, too. Some of you guys are going to go home and guess how many cattle you got in your pasture? 200. Don't tell me you don't have an abundant life. I mean, we, got, we, got, we can spend more money on the horses and cattle and just a hobby at it than most people, you know, make in a, in a lifetime. I'm just telling you, you say, I don't have an abundant life. And you say, well, that's all monetary. Is that an abundant life? I believe it is. I believe that God provides for us because we're living for him. Again, it's not based on money because the, the better part of the abundant life is, is this. Things that money can't buy. 
Your abundant life is peace, joy, love, freedom, forgiveness, wisdom, hope, security. Those are the true gifts and the true gain when you count the cost and give your life to Jesus. So listen, some of you guys, again, can I just tell you, don't settle for what the world has to offer. I mean, don't settle. Trust God's conversion ratio. His conversion ratio says, I know I'm going to ask you to pay the ultimate price by giving me your heart and living your life for me. But the gain will always be more valuable than the cost. Always. Even if you invite somebody to our church and they go, screw you, that church is whatever. I don't want to go to church. I hate church. Jesus, I don't like any of that stuff. The gain is worth more than the cost. God is going to be more pleased with you because you opened your mouth even if they don't come. It's worth the cost. So listen, I I don't know if that sets well with you, but you've learned today that following Jesus is going to cost you something. Some of you guys, again, you have your fire insurance, but you've never stepped out and say, I'm going to step out and actually allow God to use me in a way that might cost me something. Some of you guys need to commit to do that today. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Again, maybe you're here today. And you've never, you know, asked Jesus to come into your life. You, you say, well, what does that mean? Again, you've never surrendered your life to him. Listen, today's the day. Maybe you're some tough guy, you know, dad, or you're a 50-year-old man, and you're like, oh, man, I, I've lived my life for myself this whole time, and, and you've told me today that it's going to cost me my heart. Man, I don't know. Listen. The gain that you will gain is so much more valuable than the cost. And so can I just encourage you, maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed to ask Jesus to come into your life. Can I just encourage you to pray this simple prayer? In your heart, in your seat right there. Jesus, no, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know that you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven. So today, I'm counting the cost and I'm giving you my heart. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer in your heart and you meant it. It's something that it's not just head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. It's it's heart truth. Listen, can I just tell you, you've made the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. And we celebrate it. We celebrate it. We, we rejoice. And guess what? Not only do we rejoice as a church, but the angels in heaven are right now praising God that one of you or two of you or ten of you have surrendered your heart to Jesus. And so we celebrate that because it's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. And again, the gain is more valuable than what it costs. And so thank you. How many guys would say, you know, Bo, and and again, we're not going to ask you to come to the front. Nobody's looking around. But how many of you guys would say, Bo, I prayed that prayer for the first time today. Anybody in here? Thank you. Thank you. 
Anybody else? See, again, it was worth it. It was worth it for me to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because now we have two more. So I praise God. Maybe you're here today, and and again, you're a Christian. He's your Savior, but you've been holding on to some things. You've not committed your everything to Him. Maybe you're holding on to your wife or your husband, and you're saying, I don't know. I don't know if I can give you that. I don't know if you can give you him or her, or I don't know if I can give you my kids. I don't know if I can give you my money. I don't know if I can give you my house or, you know, a kettle, all that stuff. I don't know if I can give you all that. Can I just remind you? The gain is more valuable than the cost. And God's conversion ratio, guess what? He sets the market. And so what he says the value of your cost is going to be, he gets to call that. He gets to say, this is, gonna, I, this is so much more valuable and I'm going to show you the value. And so can I just challenge you? Give him everything today and allow him to put his value on it, to convert it into something that is a supernatural gain. That's my encouragement to you. And so maybe you're a Christian already and you just need to say, God, I I commit. Maybe you just need to make this your prayer. I commit to you my love. My love, I want to commit to you more than my love for my spouse, more than my love for my kids, more than my love for my stuff. I commit my love to you today. I do commit my family to you. I do commit my future to you. I want you to have everything because I know that you are going to bless it and you are going to use it for your glory. Listen, I hope as a Christian that every one of you today have made that commitment. But again, it's not just about saying it, it's about doing it. And so my challenge is that you will follow through Tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day for the rest of your life. Can I just say that? Can I just ask? I mean, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you guys would make that commitment today? Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. All across the barn. Thank you. It's a big commitment. Big commitment. Thank you. Lord, I come to you and I thank you for each person that's in this place. In a nine o'clock service, when the rain is pouring, lives have been changed. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you. I praise you for that, that you've saved two more today, that you've, you've shown them your love and they've accepted it. They are going to count the cost and they've, they've given you their heart. And Lord, I thank you for those that are Christians today that have, that have surrendered their heart to you, but have today committed to surrender their life to you. And so I thank you for that today. And may, Lord, we all show you the love that you deserve. Thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Haig at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Auction. I'm a riding fool who is up to date. 
I rode every trail in the Lone Star State. I roamed the range in my Ford V8. Yippee, I old tie. Hey.